Ashley Brock reading Dolores Lawson's book Gage, Chapter 16. The beeping sound woke Lynette. She sat up in the bed and automatically reached for Gage, only to remember that he wasn't there. He was with his brothers. Lynette tried to settle her breathing, her stomach too, since the sudden movement had caused a wave of nausea to come over her. She prayed this wasn't the start of a bout of morning sickness because the timing sucked. There were already too many things on Gage's in her mind. She heard the beep again and this time she realized it was her cell phone. Letting her know that she had another voicemail. Lynette glanced at the clock. It was nearly midnight and there was only one person who'd call her at this hour. Her father. And she didn't want to speak to him. She threw back the covers and looked around. Listen to. She could no longer hear the whispers conversations on the stairwell. That caused her to jump from the bed, and despite the sick feeling in her stomach, she hurried to the jar door. No one was on the stairs. The place was way too quiet, except for her phone. It beeped again. Lynette grabbed herself from the bag and jammed the button to retrieve her calls. And she quickly learned that she'd been right. It was her father. She pressed another button to listen to the message that he left just seconds earlier. I'm meeting with Gage at the courthouse in ten minutes, her father's recorded voice said. Call me now. Oh, God. Lynette's hands started to shake, but somehow she managed to return the call. What have you done? She asked the second he answered. Nothing. Not yet, anyway. Gage called me early and set up a meeting at the courthouse. I got the distant impression he was going to try to kill me. No, Gage couldn't arrange a meeting like this behind her back. It wasn't just dangerous. It could be suicide. I'm assuming no one else is listening. I'm assuming no one else is listening in on this this call. But just in case, I'll mince words. Vile threat was no doubt coming, and Lynette tried to brace herself for it. What she wanted to do was reach through the phone and tear her father's threats. But for now, her best bet was to listen to what Gage and he had done, and then try to figure out how to keep Gage safe. Gage and I are going to talk, her father said. There was the vile threat. If, you're, if you don't come to, then you'll be very sorry. You could lose the things that matter most to you. And Gage, well, Gage could lose a lot more than that. His words fired through her and nearly brought Lynette to her knees. I, if you call Gage to warn him, the father continued, then I'll only make things worse. I'll see you in a few minutes. Oh, and Lynette, this would be a good time to obey your father. Lynette slept the phone shut. Hurriedly put on her shoes and grabbed the gun that Gage had left for her on the dresser. She ran down the steps, praying that her father had been lying and that she'd find all the Rylands there. She didn't. No one was in any of the offices that she reached, raced past, and the lights had all been turned out. Something was wrong. Gage, she called out. Stay there, someone answered. Not Gage, but Cat. He came out from the pitch-black reception area by the front door and made his way down the hall to her. Where's Gage? She asked, and she felt the terror crawling up her spine. That feeling only got worse when Cat didn't answer right away. He's meeting your father. Oh, mercy. The call wasn't a hoax. Her father had managed to set up what she thought would be impossible. It's a trap. My father just called me and said if I don't show up at the courthouse that I could lose Gage, and I have to go to that meeting. Gage's orders are for you to stay put. Don't worry, Cadet. We've covered the entire place. Nate, Bray, and some other FBI agents are on the roof. Dade is guarding the back of the building until Betty and his men can't get within a quarter of a mile of this place without us knowing. But I could tell by the way he was talking that my father intends to kill Gage at the courthouse. Cad caught on her arm to keep her from bolting. 
Gator's everything set up. Some of the ranch hands are watching the courthouse to make sure Ford doesn't pull anything. And Mason is there too. He's on the roof of the adjacent building. But it wasn't enough. Not nearly enough. Gage went in to, alone to that meeting? Kid didn't answer. He didn't have to because she knew that's exactly what Gage had done. I have to help him, Lynette. You can't. Gage wants you to stay here. Lynette threw off his grip and got it right and catch me. I'm not asking for your permission. I'm helping Gage, period. She started down the hall toward the back exit, but Cat raced after her. He took her arm around again and whirled around. Gage said I was to tell you to think of the baby, Cat. You can't put the baby in danger. It took a moment for Lynette to steady her voice so she could speak. I won't endanger the baby. I'll do everything to stay safe, but I have to help. I can't lose Gage. Not again. She stared at him even though she could barely see his face. Please. <laughs> I can't let you go, he argued. Lynette couldn't outmuscle him, and even though she hated to pull her gun on him, she would if it came down to it. Of course, Cad probably knew that she had no intentions of shooting him. Her only intention now was to get the gauge in time to save him from her father. Please, Lynette. What if it were Bree out there instead of Gage? Another pause, and Cad goes, well, Gage will throttle me if I let you go. You're not letting me go. I'm doing this on my own. She remembered seeing a jacket in Grayson's office, so she hurried there to get it. Not for the warmth, but so she could slip the gun in the pocket. She didn't want to go running up Main Street, brandishing a Colt 45. Lynette located a raincoat, some extra ammunition, and then she spotted the tiny tape recorder in Grayson's desk. It was a long shot. It certainly hadn't worked in the past, but it might come in handy. Reconsider this, Cade warned. Cad warned her. No, and she didn't even have to think about her answer. She ran to the back exit and prayed she would get to Gage in time. Ford Harrington was late. Gage checked his watch again and cursed. When he called Ford nearly two hours ago, the man assured Gage that he was eager for them to talk. Right. But like Ford was eager to try to finish Gage off. That was all right. Gage didn't care why Lynette's father had agreed to meet with him. He was just glad all of this was about to come to an end. See anything? Gage asked Mason through the walkie-talkie. Mason and two of his ranch hands were on the roof, waiting, just like Gage. <laughs> Nothing other than Herman Smith staggering home drunk. All okay down there? Peachy, Gage mumbled, and he clicked the button to end the conversation so he could keep watch around him. The lobby of the courthouse wasn't exactly sprawling, but it had a curved staircase feeding off one side and a wide hall off the other. Plus, there were doors and windows. It did have one big bonus, though. It was surrounded on all four sides by parking lots in the street, and there wasn't a vehicle out there now that he had sit sent the night watchman home. Neither Delvetti nor Ford would make it across those open spaces without Mason or the ranch hand spotting them, especially since Gage was betting neither would come alone. Another bonus to the courthouse was there was no convenient nearby buildings where a gunman could hide. Lynette's one-story newspaper office was on the left side. It was locked up, and he'd seen the red light blinking on the active security alarm when he looked in the window. On the front and back side of the courthouse was 
were streets that Mason had blocked off. Someone could perhaps get through the barricade by ramming into it, but it would take a big vehicle and a determined driver. That left the right side where there was a hotel under construction. Unfortunately, there were places to hide inside, which was why one of the ranch hands had specific orders to keep his eyes on it at all times. Gage checked the time again, cursed some more, and he thought of Lynette, of how just hours earlier he'd taken her hard and fast on the bathroom floor. Hardly romantic. He owed her something better. Hell, he owed her something better than him. He truly had been troubled for her, and he wasn't sure he could give her the normal, quiet life that she craved. Incoming, Mason said over the walkie-talkie. It's forward, and he has two games with him. Gage immediately pushed aside the thoughts of Lynette, took a deep breath, and running himself. I'll let, I'll let them in. All of them? Mason questioned. Yeah, I'll be careful. Gage cut off whatever Mason was about to argue and clipped the walkie-talkie to his belt so his hands would be free. He went to the front door, unlocked it, and then stepped back into the shadows the edge of the hall. There was a gun in his right hand, another in the back waist of his jeans, and his jacket pocket was crammed with extra ammunition. He wasn't much for wearing Kevlar, but for this meeting, Gage had made an exception and borrowed one from Grayson's office. Ford had killed at least once, and Gage was betting that his goons and he wouldn't hesitate to kill again. One of the goons came in first with his gun already drawn, then Ford, followed by the third man holding a weapon. All wore, all wore dark clothes and stayed by the door. The guards looked around, probably trying to figure out the best place to take cover. Shots were fired, but there wasn't any cover. It was another reason Gage had picked this place. If it came down to it, he could dive into the hall. Not exactly out of the line of fire, but it was better than trying to get back out the door. Of course, he was outnumbered three to one. Check for bugs, Ford ordered the, the men. One stayed by him, but the other pulled a hand held device from his pocket, transmitter detective, and he began to prowl around the room. What about Ryland's walkie-talkie, one of the men asked. Gage glanced down. You want it? Come and get it. Hold off on that, Ford told him. He has some hand-to-hand -hand combat skills, and I don't want to give him the opportunity to use them on him. Besides, no one on the other end of the walkie-talkie can hear what we're saying unless Gage pushes a button. He won't do that if he wants this meeting to continue. Yeah, Gage wanted it to continue and end with Ford out of the picture one way or another. Gage, Ford repeated by rapidity, you'd come to make a deal with me? I have. Best keep some. I want you to back off and leave Lynette alone. I can't, Ford quickly answered. She has to pay for her disobedience. Imagine my own daughter doing that. My own blood kin. I'm sure you know how painful something like something like that would be. Gage figured that could be a reference to the baby, maybe even a clever worded threat, but he didn't bite. Not yet, anyways. Look, we both know you're dirty, Gage Jr., but Lynette isn't going to look for proof that she stopped her investigation. His bug-searching goon gave Ford a thumbs up. No one's listening but us. Ford smiled and said, Lynette stopped her investigation too late. It's never too late, Gage countered. You seem to believe I have complete control over all of this. I don't. Patrick and Nicole are shaken up, too. And if one of them believes Lynette found anything incriminating, they'll be willing to do something about it. So, you see, I'm not the only person who might want to stop my daughter. She didn't find anything, Gage supplied. They think she's lying for price. Lynette stopped digging for one reason. She's decided that she wanted to test drive motherhood. But I'm betting she found plenty before she got pregnant with your bastard child. Okay, that chipped away at the temper that Gage was trying to keep it in check. Not a bastard, Gage called her. Lynette and I are still married. 
an abomination of a marriage that makes your baby an abomination too. You know, makes his baby a rival. Okay, so are you trying to make me want to kill you? Because that's not necessary. I already want you dead. There was just another light that Gage saw Ford smile again. It was just enough light that Gage saw Ford smile again. He motioned for his men to stay put, and he started toward Gage. Gage didn't aim his weapon at the man, not exactly, but he kept it ready just in case. Then go ahead. Ford came closer, closer, and stopped just a few feet away. He outstretched his arms. Shoot me, right here, right now. It wasn't even tempting, okay? It was, but just pull first, and I will. Chicken, Ford taunted. Saying, Gage Tarbat, can you say the same? And before you answer that, remember you killed your wife, had your daughter committed to the looting bin, spied on her, had her stalked, and now you want her dead. All traces of Ford smile. I never wanted Lynette dead. I just wanted a daughter who would love and respect me. Gage wondered if Ford really wanted that or if he was just blowing smoke. Committing multiple felonies is not the way to get love and respect. I'll never admit to those things, Ford snapped. I don't care if anyone else is listening or not. Okay, sure. That's not a way to get love and respect either. Definitely no spy this time. Time Ford's eyes narrowed. You're just like your grandfather. He was cocky too. Gage hadn't intended to go there tonight, but he would now. Ford had opened it. Did you even have any proof he was sleeping with your wife? Oh, yes. I followed her to his place. The place you later used to bed Lynette. The shame... Oh, the mother passed down to the daughter. Turned Gage's stomach to hear this man's venom, especially when the venom was directed at Lynette and at his grandfather. Did you kill him, too? Gage came right out and asked. Now, Ford smiled. Wouldn't you love to know? Oh, and just so we're on the same page. If you're still alive when this conversation is over, you won't be leaving until my men have searched you for a wire. I like to keep my secrets safe in my own family. Gage didn't intend to let Ford or one of his coons guards lay a hand on. So I think that what we have here is a stalemate. Ford continued. You're not leaving with Lynette and I'm not stopping until I find out what she learned from sleeping in my private files. Yeah, you're right. We do have a stalemate. And that's all Gage said for several seconds. Ford's guards were already looking antsy and a good long pause would only add to it. Well, maybe not. After all, I'm a better shot than either of those Neanderthals. I thought you didn't want to kill me. No, I do. Another <laughs> It's just when your men get nervous enough, and they will, they'll fire. You'll pull your weapon too. It's a reflex. Anyone armed would, and I know you're armed with a slide holster. Ankle too. Gage took a step closer, lowered his voice to whisper, and when you pull, is when you die. And the staring match began. Gage wasn't bluffing, so that helped. But he wasn't sure how much longer it would take to make those two start firing. The walkie-talkie made a soft buzzing sound, and without taking his eyes off Ford, Gage used his left hand to click on. We got a trouble. Mason said before Gage could even manage to work. Brother, it's letting that she just pulled up in a cruiser and parked in front of the courthouse steps. Gage cursed. Ford smiled. Well, that's not alone, Mason added. Nate, Nate, and Cat are with her. That was good, except there was something in Mason's voice that said otherwise, and there was definitely something up with Ford. Why the devil had Lynette risk everything to come here? Gage was sure he wouldn't like the answer. Lynette and the others aren't only aren't our only visitor, Mason. But Delbetty and his men rammed through the road barriers I put up, and they just arrived too. There wasn't enough profanity in Gage's vocabulary to cover what he felt. Lynette was here. Why? He didn't know. But he didn't know she was in. She he didn't know she was in grave danger. 
Coverall and that Cage insisted already headed for the door while he kept watching the three vipers inside. Cage pointed his gun at the two guards on the floor, hands behind your head. They looked at Ford and Cage held his breath. He didn't have time for this, and if they didn't do as he ordered, he'd have to neutralize them. Maybe a shot or two to the kneecaps. Yeah, he'd have to answer for it later, but it would give him a fighting chance at saving Lynette. Ford gave his men a nod, just that simple gesture, and the two lowered themselves to the floor. It was probably some kind of trap or move they planned, but Gage had to deal with Lynette first. Gage had barely taken a step when he heard something else that he hadn't wanted to hear. A blast outside, right where the cruiser was parked. End of chapter 16. <sighs>